Welcome to our Phillies High Hopes Minor League Rundown segment. Jeff, crack of the bat, roar of the crowd. You ready for baseball? People moving around. People are moving around. Um, we had all kinds of plans tomorrow to go to Reading and interview certain players. We're still going to go to Reading, but some of those players are going to be in Lehigh Valley. People move, people come. I mean, that's that's the life of minor league baseball and major league baseball. It's all these guys moving around. I mean, we should probably start with the guys that have moved up to the show for the first time this week because there's been a lot of them. So let's talk about the movement. Mm-hmm. Then let's talk about the draft. Then let's talk about the teams. And then we'll have the interview with the manager. So l- why don't we start with, with the star? Okay. Which is Sir Anthony Dominguez. Which Who? they they must be those jerseys now must be rolling off the shelves, don't you think? He's gotta be the closer soon. He's he's the closer. He pitched two innings yesterday. He's so do, I he's mean, dominant. He the the stats that he has put up at every level, he's been at three levels and it's only June first. And at this level, with with no prior experience in the major leagues and formerly as a a starter, not a reliever. He's pitched 15 innings. You want to fill me in on the rest of that? Because it's just dumbfounded. He's in 11 games. He's faced 43 batters, allowed just two hits with 15 strikeouts. Only three people have reached base against him so far. He's got two saves and a 0.00 earned run average. He's the closer. Should be. So so now Vinny better learn how to start and throw more than five innings because there's no place to put him in the bullpen. So we've got some other injuries this week. Reese Hoskins heads to the DL after fouling a ball off his face and breaking his jaw. The good news he is doesn't he need doesn't surgery, need surgery. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it may be good for him to take a step back. He was struggling a little bit, pressing. So you know. I actually think it's going to be good to have – look, I don't want Hoskins out of the lineup. You're looking but for if he's got to be – You're looking for a set lineup in the outfield. I am. And I, I, th- I know you I, are. I think that those three outfielders cover a ton of ground. And I think that for pitchers, they're going to be really happy having that It's a that better defense. defensive outfield. Did you see Altheris play yesterday? Yeah, it was spectacular. Yeah. I it mean, was it, very good. That's the kind of – he's a center fielder, and he can cover that much ground and right. And and you got Nick, who can cover just as much. Pedro Florimon also broke his foot. So yeah, now we have – Dylan Cousins in the big show, well, and yeah, have you have Mitch Walding. Mitch Walding came up, and you know he had a tough first game. He did. See, this is my my concern with Mitch has been is that he started to develop power. Last year, he had twenty five home runs at Double A. That was the first year he had. I think he had thirteen the year before. This year, he was doing well. He was hitting for power. He doesn't drive in a lot of runs, and I and I worried if you remember when I tweeted about his stats when he was called up. The one tweeted on our at High Hopes Phil's Twitter account yes. so that people can follow where Jeff and his son regularly update the starting lineups, uh, alumni from Philly's organization that are hot, players on the move, players doing things. Uh, it's actually really fun, and, and I learn a lot watching you manage that Twitter account. So it, it, it's a lot of fun to, to follow it. And with that, the one, if you call it negative stat, that was, was put on there when he came up was the number of strikeouts he has. And it worried me. That, that he has not mastered the breaking ball yet. And so he came up to the majors, and in his first game, he did something you dreadedly do not want to do, golden which is sombrero. a golden sombrero. And 0 for 4. He hasn't played in the couple games since. I hope it gets better. Well, I'm better. glad they sat him and Cousins against Kershaw because he can make even the, it, the exactly. best players feel. E- even even a, a semi-injured Kershaw is not somebody you want to face. Yeah, exactly. So Cousins they call, called up, and... On his 24th birthday, they called him up. That's a which fun was, I birthday thought was, present. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to do. There was an interesting story about how he got the call while he was in the shower. Yeah. Um, so Always he keep got your called phone up. on. 
what worries me about him is his last 10 games and, and this season, he, is, worry you. He, he strikes out more than anybody I've ever seen in the minors. And it really worries me. Now, he was part of the Bash Brothers at Reading last with year. With Hoskins. With Hoskins. Or the year before. Hoskins figured it out, I think. Cousins is going to have to now figure it out at the major league level. If he plays, I don't think he's going to play a lot as long as you have Williams out there and Odubel there. So let's talk about the other minor league movement of people moving up now. Who has changed where they are as a result of these promotions to the big team? Well, the the, the birdie that we've heard, although we haven't gotten confirmation yet, is, is that uh, one of the guys we wanted to interview, planned on interviewing tomorrow, which is Dominic Tomshay, is a third-base prospect who has really figured it out. And he is having a great season, and the rumor is is that he will be promoted minute, minute by minute is, is what it seems like he's on his way. To the AAA team. Yeah, and it's an easy ride. You just go to Reading. Yeah. From Reading to Unfortunately, we won't take that ride to interview Correct. him there. But, but the, the good news is, is Derek Hall, who was the Florida State League's MVP last year, who has got power to spare – is he's a first baseman and he apparently is on his way from Clearwater to Reading. And if so, then then the good people watching listening to the show are going to get to hear in the next Hopefully. couple of weeks what it's like for Derek Hall. Now for Derek Hall, I'm sure the thing that excites him is that he's going to double, double a. a. The tough part for him is is that he was literally just named to the All-Star team for the in Florida Saint, in State. In the Florida League. Right. State League. So uh, you know he's he's gonna come up and and hopefully we'll we'll find him. Jeff, you're not putting any pressure on on Reading, but you know for our listeners, you can catch the Reading Phillies on this station uh, at night. They have a 7:05 game tonight. You can hear the pre-show before that. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, we had Cole Urban with another dominant pitching performance this mm-hmm. week. And and our one of our first interviews when we went to Lakewood was a was a guy nobody had heard of. Will was Stewart. Will, Will Stewart. And Will Stewart has, was a great guy. Yes, and he has not lost a game this year, and he's got an ERA in the ones. And he has he. I want people to understand that when in single A, pitchers are not meant to pitch nine innings. It is it is a stretch of the arm that you have to do over years. So when you see guys pitching five and six innings at single A, that's actually a long outing for them. It's over time that they learn to do that. Will Stewart has this season pitched seven, eight, and now pitched a complete game shutout. This kid is young and he's got talent. And he, I mean, he wasn't a first round pick, but he wasn't a low pick. He's a guy to look out for in the coming years. Um. How how what will his process be moving through the system? The I think Phillies he'll stay at A ball this year and no. Uh, well, there's remember there's three levels of A. There's short yeah. season A, then there's Lakewood Blue Claws, which is low A, and, and then Clearwater clear is high A. I think that Will Stewart we will f- see probably in the next few weeks in Clearwater. In Clearwater, yes. And okay. I think th- I think that's where he'll finish the season. I don't think he's going to jump two levels. Clearwater, by the way, is more of a pitcher's league. Uh, the Florida State League is than than Lakewood or Reading is. Reading more is a hitter a hitters league. What other uh, news in the in the farm system should our listeners be aware of this week? Things that are going on with the teams. Well, first of all, next week we have the Williamsport Crosscutters starting, and we'll be traveling there. I think June thirtieth, so people will get to hear. Though and though a lot of those players are guys yeah, explain that, that to to fans who aren't sure where Williamsport fits in in the minor league system geographically. It's really far in Pennsylvania. Not, no. I'm not asking for a cartographer, Jeff. Yes. I would like to know so you can explain to our listeners 
in the I ranking know, of I systems, know what you're saying. Where do so, they fit? <laughs> so they are the lowest form of organized ball. It's a half season, which usually starts right after the MLB draft. So assuming you get these guys signed, now they have a lot of these guys hold out for a long time and then go back. One of the things I wanted to ask Dominic Tomshay was the fact that he's been drafted four times. Four times. So, so you get a lot of these guys that get drafted – they go down to the, what's like an extended spring training, and then they make their way to clear to Williamsport for the rest of the season, so they can get a little seasoning in professional ball. Also, a lot of the guys that they get from um, other countries, Venezuela, the Dominican Republic, make their way to Williamsport. So that's the kind of guys you, you'll see. And starting next week, there's a three-day major league draft. So the Phillies, the Phillies have, a have the number very three pick. high pick. They have the third pick this year. There is no Mike Trout. There is no Bryce Harper in this draft. So you're going to have to take the best available. There are a lot of arms in this draft. But, the but it doesn't sound like we're going in that direction. It, from, from everything that I have seen so far, there's a couple guys. One is Alex Bohm, who's a third baseman. And the other one is Joey Bart, who is a catcher, who is supposed to be a great defensive catcher. Um, in college, and he's supposed to have better-than-average power in hitting. But for a catcher, the key thing is, can you catch? Can you be a defensive catcher? And I think that's probably where they're going to go. And for anybody that's asking, well, what about Alfaro? You can never have enough depth at catcher. For those it's not the aware, biggest trade I asked Jeff about <laughs> Alfaro before we were on the air. That's why he said that. So I'll admit Nobody's it. <laughs> looking to replace this guy with the rifle Look, I'll of throw an arm. myself under the bus when I need to. By I the way, the by the way, on Alfaro, I don't know if you saw, there were people that were saying, uh, FYI, major leagues, don't try to run on Alfaro. Please. Please I, run on I him. I want people to, because it is becoming, watching him behind the plate is exciting. And but the, You want people, you want to see those throws. So I'll tell you what I find more exciting than his arm to throw people out. I like the way he's framing pitches uh, this season. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it has to do with the umpires being in spring training where they were working with the players on the strike zone. But when he catches a game, he frames the plate very well for the umpire to be able to see exactly where the ball is to make that call. I've been very impressed. You know, you don't see that from young players. No, That's and, more of a veteran move that, that he's ahead of his age in terms of his ability to do those things. And, and, and I can tell you he was behind for his age just a year ago, and, and the people that have worked with him, including Dusty Wathen. See, now this is where I, you know, you know Shout my feelings. Shout out to your boy, Dusty Wathen. You know my feelings on Dusty. I think you need to get a Dusty Wathen jersey. <laughs> and the I num really, I the really number do. 62? By the way, I was wearing my, my Bacon USA t-shirt this week. Where are you? All over. Did you get a lot of comments on it? I did. Yeah. I did. People, we'll get, we'll people get you like some, it. Now, now you're going to get some ostrich stuff for, for the Reading Flightons. Uh, look, I take free t-shirts all the time. But, but <laughs> people should not lose sight of the development of... All the guys that you're seeing in the majors right now, or a large number of them, all came up with Dusty. From the low levels, he he moved up with them. And a lot of the things that are going right, the development of these players, I think a lot of that can be uh, given credited to Dusty Waltham. Well, and, and so Dusty Waltham moved on to the big team, yep. and we were in Lehigh Valley a few weeks ago, and we talked to the new manager there, yeah. Gary Jones, who is in an office that you 
particularly like. The Boss Hog Office. The Boss Hog Office, yes. which we asked him about. We do want to let our listeners know it was a little loud in the locker room there, so you may hear a little background noise. We did our best to, to get an interview with the manager. It and, is a party in the and, locker and get, Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> and give you an update on what's going on with the team. So here we go. So we're in Lehigh Valley, Allentown, with the Iron Pigs, and we're here in the office of Gary Jones. Gary, thanks for coming. No problem. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, it's always fun to help out. So, so, so Gary, I walked into your office and I saw the sign that said Boss Hog. What's, what's, it, what's it like to play in a place that uh, has all this uh, alliteration about uh, pigs and bacon? This is a great place. This is a fun place. I mean, but you must know that the boss hog thing was here way before I was here. So <laughs> I think it's just whoever's in this office is a boss hog. <laughs> so one of the things that I uh, noticed about you is you've had two coaching experiences that very few people in life have had. One, you got the coach uh, for the Cubs when most people hadn't even seen them during their lifetime. What was that like? Well, I mean, you know, it was fun, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, had a good run there. You know, went over with Rick Renteria in 14, and then, uh, you know, had the, uh, you know, pleasure of, of, of working with Joe Madden the last three years and, you know, winning the World Series in between. So, you know, it, it was fun. The city's fun. Uh, the fans are outstanding. I mean, they're, they're, they're just crazy about baseball there. And, you know, being around Wrigleyville, that area there, uh, the community where the baseball uh, field sets is just outstanding. What was it like to be in that stadium and in the, in the, in that city when that happened? Well, I mean, it was it was outstanding. I mean, you know, you just saw, you know, the elation from the people. I mean, you know, you t- uh, uh, you hear hear people talking about how their 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 dad and their granddad and their great grandparents, you know, were all Cub fans, and you know, they just wished that they some kind of way could have lived to see this happen. So you know, it was it was just it was just fun to to, to be able to put uh, uh, that much joy in the people's lives. So one of the other things that we noticed about your background is that you coached in Canada, right. which, uh, as far as I know, prior to uh, looking up your background, the only Canadian minor league team that I knew about was the Vancouver Canadians. So what was it like to coach in Edmonton? Edmonton was a great city. I loved Edmonton. I mean, you know, I was there for three years and. And we had a great time. I mean, you know, uh, uh, with the Oakland A's at the time, and man, you know, the the the, the, the people there treated us good. Uh, front office staff there was outstanding, and you know, it was a cold in the beginning of the season, but you know, uh, uh, you know, the only thing that was kind of a headache was the travel in and out, going through customs all the time. But you know, it, it got to the point where where it was got used to it and it was kind of relatively flowed pretty well so but I loved Edmonton it was, it was a great city you know the fans came out to see us and uh, you know it was a good ballpark so I, I enjoyed my time there. One of the things that's great about minor league baseball is the different levels of minor league baseball. Uh, a couple weeks ago we went out to Lakewood which is a single A team and saw and got to talk to Marty Malloy about what the responsibilities are for a low A coach you're at the the pinnacle of minor league baseball you're in triple a now do you and you've been to the different levels of minor minor league baseball and coached what's the difference if there is any between coaching at the low a versus coaching at triple a as to what you feel your responsibilities are with the players well i think the difference to me is you know the guys at the low levels have more to learn i mean it's you know i mean 
and, and so even the guys at this level, you know, just just developing. I mean, so and I've always been one to firmly believe that a, a, a player's uh, final uh, development actually happens in the, at the major league level. It doesn't really happen in, in, in minor leagues. No matter how many at bats you get in the minor leagues, no matter how many pitches you throw in the minor leagues, no matter how well you do in the minor leagues, the final. Uh, development of an actual player happens at the major league level. So, really, you know, I just think the difference, guys being at the lower levels, guys being at this level, basically are just repetitions. Guys at the lower level don't have as many repetitions as the guys at the higher levels. As a result, the guys at the lower level make probably make more mistakes than the guys at AAA. And that's that's kind of common sense, kind of makes sense if you think about it because the more reps you get doing things, the less mistakes you're going to make doing things. So I just think it's it's about guys getting the reps. When you talk to minor league players, do they understand that or do they think that once they've achieved here that getting to the next level is going to be easy for them? Everybody aspires to play at the major league level. I mean, that's why guys sign and, they, you know, sign to go to rookie ball and work their way through. So I just think, you know, guys understand that uh, uh, once they get to this level, they're only a knock away from going to the major league level. And it, it can happen at any time. It can happen to, to when, when you least expect it. You know, injury, uh, family emergency, uh, just whatever might happen to uh, you know get a get a guy to the next level. So I think all these guys realize that, all these guys understand that, and they go out every day and prepare themselves like they're like they're going to be uh, playing in the major league levels the next day. I can imagine they get so close that they're they can taste it. They're almost there. How do you teach patience at this point to be ready and wait for that knock, but not to get frustrated if it hasn't come soon enough? Well, I think guys, you know, learn to be patient when you're in the minor leagues. I mean, most guys uh, work their way up from, you know, each step, rookie ball, low A, high A, double A, you know, triple uh, uh, A, maybe stay in triple A for a couple of years. So I think the patience is actually something that's learned uh, as part of their development as they come through the minor leagues. So, uh, you know, uh, 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 the thing, thing about that, about guys getting in a hurry, you have to understand that, you know, there are no shortcuts to the big leagues. And we say that all the time. There are no shortcuts to the big leagues, meaning, you know, it's a, it's a process. It's a step-by-step thing. So when sometimes when guys get in a hurry, they lose that focus, and they try to they try to climb, they try to miss one step in order to get to the next step, and it doesn't work that way. So I just think the patience is something that's learned. We hear a lot about analytics in baseball now at the major league level. You, you've obviously seen the change through the years. Can you talk about how baseball is a little bit different now with some of the, the ways the teams are approaching things from the minor league level to the majors? You know, it's, it's different. You know, and the analytics part of it is probably different. But at the same time, it's not different. Uh, and what I mean by that is the only thing that, you know, in my mind, analytics validates what we've thought and, and done all of these years without the analytics. Now they're just putting numbers to the analytics to give us proof that we were probably right in the way we were thinking. So, you know, and so all the numbers and all of that stuff is, is, is great. And, uh, but, you know, Having said all that, I don't think the game is the game is actually changed at all. You still have to go out and play. Guys have to uh, 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 catch the ball, throw the ball, hit the ball, run the bases. You know, make the routine plays. You still have to do all of those things. So, so, so I'm, I'm a big analytics fan. I like the analytics, but you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get carried away with it as far as that being the uh, 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 
final say so in determining the factors of, of, of putting guys going out, guys going out playing the game because, you know, uh, uh, once guys go out between the lines and start playing the games, you know, sometimes your eyes tell you that you have to make some adjustments and, you know, during the heat of the battle sometimes the analytics you just don't have access to, the, to that to that stuff. I mean, you do your homework and you have, you know, your, 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 the, the stuff that you've done. Sometimes during the course of the game, you know, situations actually change, and so you have to go away from uh, that a little bit. So one of the, the other, one of the things that I've noticed about minor league baseball, especially AAA, is that not only is this the place with the most hope because you're the closest to the major leagues, but you often have players that have gotten a taste of it and then come back down. So they go up, and, and sometimes it's not their own fault. Sometimes they go up, they pitch really well, but they're there for just one start, and then they come back down. How do you how do you, how do you deal with the players when they come back down, and sometimes with their dis, their disappointment and dealing with not having them lose focus as a result of that disappointment? I think you know it, it'd just be just like you going to your job, and 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 and, and uh, your boss telling you, hey, you know, we'll go give you. Uh, you know, want you to do this job for for a couple of days, uh, uh, but then you do it and you do it really well, and then you know the person that you did it for comes back, and now you have to go back to your job, and it's you know so so it's kind of the, it's kind of the real world. I mean, uh, uh, and then the other thing you know guys have to realize, and what I try to tell guys all the time is, hey, you know what, you did a good job. Uh, uh, they you made a good impression. They saw you did a good job. You know, it's not in your control. So, you know, you can't uh, uh, worry about things that are not in your control. All you can do is now when a guy comes back, he has to make sure he continues to put himself in a position uh, so that when something else happens at that level, he's 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 put himself in position to uh, be considered to go back to the next level. So, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's just, uh, it's just uh, again, that's part of the development as well as well. So all of this stuff you guys are talking about now, it's, it's all part of the development. It's not, it's not always just the baseball side of it. It's, it's, it's all of this mental aspect, all of this, you know, disappointment, all of the, you know, trying to trying to get there in a hurry and not taking shortcuts. All of that stuff is part of a, a player's development. So when you're dealing with a player development, I think at the minor league level, player development is, is the key more than winning. So how do you as a coach in the minor leagues deal with balancing winning versus developing the players? Well, there you go. <laughs> winning is development as well. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you something. If, if, if you're uh, the president, the manager of, of the Philadelphia Phillies, do you want players that – have been losing their whole careers and come to the come to the Philadelphia Phillies and never learn how to win at the major at the minor league level. No, you want guys that has won and know how to win because at that level you have to know how to win. And so I think yeah, development probably probably is the number one priority, but winning is part of development. So guys have to learn how to win. They have to learn how to do the things it takes to win. You know, on the baseball field. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand to be honest with you. And so this year, so far, first knock on wood, Lehigh Valley's in first place. Uh, you expecting a championship this year? Look, we, just, it's, it's, we just go out and play each game at one time. Uh, you know, we got a game today, we go play it. And, uh, 
you know, each pitch, each inning, each game. So, you know, uh, we don't talk about that kind of stuff. We just go out and, 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 and play the game the right way. Because I firmly believe if you play the game the right way, you know, it's all a process. You just go out and play the game the right way, do what you're supposed to do. And then at the end of the day, uh, sometimes the winning is the end result. Sometimes you just get beat, and that's the end result. So, you know, that's the way we approach it. Well, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. There you go again, Jeff. With what? I want to clip that out where he says, there you go, when, he, when you asked about uh, winning versus player development. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting. I, I always enjoy talking to the managers. Um, they have a unique perspective, and for him to kind of push back a little bit and say, you know, yes, developing players is important, but winning develops players. Um, you know, we, we often talk about, you know, winning versus development in the minors, and, and he basically said that there is no difference. I thought that was interesting because then he immediately went back into coach speak, yes. which is, you know, all players and coaches have like canned answers for certain things. So when it got to, are you going to get a championship? He went back into canned coach speak. Yeah. But he came out of his shell for something that I think a lot of people think about, which is when I'm watching a minor league game, while I want to root for the team, you really are developing the interest in the players because they're constantly moving. You know what it's like to go to a minor league team all year, watch the team, and then all of a sudden they take your players away right before the playoffs. Well, so you know that the coach's job is to do something more than win. And I thought it was interesting the fire in his belly. Yeah, he didn't like that. He didn't like that question. No, and and I think he understood. It's not he got it, but he didn't like it, and And he wanted to make sure that his answer was clear. That's right, and I think people should realize that when that when you go to these games, that you can count on these coaches. Winning means something to them. The development is through the winning. All right, Jeff. Two minutes left. We're headed to Reading tomorrow. We're going to see a really cool stadium out there. Yeah. Um, being, they've they've redesigned it in the last couple of years. For yep. our interviews. So we'll have more on next week's show. And it's also, I think it's Military Appreciation Night. So they're going to be wearing special jerseys and have special hats and nice. a big fireworks display. And give, it's give all me, part of the show. We will have You'll have a report next week from what you and your son see when you stay for the game. Mm-hmm. I will... Be there for the interviews and then uh, come on back. Uh, give me one minute of stock up, stock down before we finish. So we got stock down is really, unfortunately, it's Tom Eshelman. What Tom, happened? Tom Eshelman was the pitcher of the year last year in the Phillies for the Phillies minor league system. What happened? He doesn't have a fastball. You know, he's a, he's an 88, 89 mile per hour game, and he has not been as accurate. He's a guy that relies on pinpoint accuracy, and he has thrown a lot more walks this year. All right, Mr. Gloomy, stock down. Give me a stock up. The guy we won't be seeing probably tomorrow, <laughs> which is Dominic Tomshay, who in You're his so last 10, 10 games, it was guy 375. Got promoted. Everybody's happy for him except for I, Jeff. <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled for him. I can't wait to see him in Major League Baseball. And I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps it going in AAA. I would not be surprised if, if they're not still high on Franco, that maybe instead of spending several hundred million dollars on, on Machado, if maybe they don't give Tomshay a shot. Anybody else up? You've got 30 seconds. Yeah, and this this is for certain listeners who keep wanting to poo-poo Mickey Moniak. Mickey Moniak over the last 10 games has been batting 353. The OPS, which is what people were complaining about, is up to it was 861 for the week. He's had a couple stolen bases because his game is more speed and five doubles. And I just say to you, now his batting average is up to almost 250. It's 
Give the guy time. I Give him a year at Florida State. League I highly await your continued arguments about the progress of Mickey Moniak and the rest of the minor league system. It's Thank practice. you, everybody, for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.